close relationship with them and want to know how to achieve it. Here's your host, Ivory Lanoue, renowned angel communicator. Do you want to know more about angels? Are you ready to level up your spiritual journey? Then you are going to love my inner circle and Patreon. Membership includes great benefits like virtual workshops, mentoring programs, topical videos, interesting posts, a supportive, like-minded community, discounted sessions with me, and access to a library of videos and posts on topics you care about like angels, spirituality, healing, and personal growth. Join and begin your spiritual expansion today. That's the Angel Room Inner Circle on Patreon. Welcome to the show. So happy to have you here with us again, and we appreciate you being here. Today, I have a very special guest, my friend, Terri Ann Russell. She is the author of From Death to Life, The Incredible True Story of Anthony Joseph. Welcome, Terri Ann. Thank you, Ivory. Thank you for having me, too. I'm so excited to be here on your new show. <laughs> Terri Ann and I work together at Sedona Soul Sisters, and and so um, it was shortly after Terri Ann was guided to join our business that her story begins. And so I'm going to let you talk about that, like the kind of the initial, like what brought this book about Terri Ann. Okay. Well, here's my son. So that's Anthony. And this is our book from death to life, the incredible true story of Anthony Joseph and what was interesting was I think I had met Roz possibly like a year before, about a year before my husband, I was guided by my angels to move to Sedona. Um, so we sold everything in Gilbert and we moved to Sedona and little did we know at that time that I would meet you and Roz and I would begin working with you, but that piece was put into place to sort of have that support before my son left earth. Um, and so very comfortable. It was very loving. I was so blessed to be in Sedona and doing my work. And I'm truly blessed. I really feel blessed because I don't think without having my connection with Anthony and having my relationship with you and Roz, that I would have been able to make it through that time period in my life. I still remember the day. Oh, it makes me tear up. I know. 
today. I it's got your over two years. It's very fresh. Yeah. It's fresh for me because I love you so much. And to see you go through that, you know, and as an empath, you know, I feel everything. So I got that email from your text telling me what had happened. And I went into the office and Roz, did you hear this? No. And both of us were just stunned to hear that your son had passed. And I know you had just been to Flagstaff to see him. Very that was my angels that. guiding me to Flagstaff about uh, three days before he passed. And it's funny because we had been on vacation for a week for his birthday in Vegas when my husband and I renewed our vows. And so we had just seen him for a full week. And he was like, why are you here again? I just spent you know a whole week with you. And I'm like, I don't know. I was just, my angels guided me to come up to Flagstaff to see you. And again, at that time too, he said he was a little tired. He didn't exhibit anything that would have made me thought that he was going to pass so quickly. Um, that was Friday on Sunday from what we could piece together as he started to get sick, like a flu. And that's what they diagnosed him with on Tuesday. He went to the, uh, urgent care. They diagnosed him with a flu. Um, he had a fever, he was vomiting. Um, and within five hours of that, he passed. That is um, just crazy. And he's so, he was so young. He was 27. And when the paramedics arrived, he was alive. Um, they couldn't save him by then it was too late. Um, and when I found out, so that was about 10 o'clock at night, Two o'clock in the morning, an officer came to our door and let us know. And we were in the house with him, with the officer. And I could sort of, I was like on overload. I could smell him. I could feel him. I could hear him. And what you have to understand is at that time, I didn't want to do any of those things because if I was hearing him, feeling him, it meant that he was dead. And at that time, I, I was not accepting that he was dead yet. Um, I was still in total shock. Um, so he's yelling <laughs> at me. I'm okay, mom. I'm okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking to you. This is impossible. Um, oh. So I can look at, I can look at it now and sort of chuckle about it because it was straight out of a movie. <laughs> like here I am. And I'm like, no, I don't really see you. <laughs> um, but then it was horrifying. So just to have that initial shock to go through. To, to understand now that this child you have that's been your child for 27 years is no longer here and being then a medium and having him, you know, experience him that way was very difficult for me. It's still very difficult for me. Um, so that was the day that he passed um, and he would be very incessant. He was very, um, he wanted me to know that he was okay. And that's when I reached out to you guys. Is he okay? He's telling me he's okay, but I'm, I'm not hearing any of this. You know, I don't want to know. Um, so it's a very, very difficult road to follow. It's just over two years. And in that two years, I've done tremendous healing. I wrote his book. Um, this is his book. Um, his words, he always wanted to be an author, he always wanted to help people. So this was his way of helping people from the other side. What really amazed me, I just, I'm still in awe is how you as a grieving mother were able to write that book. 
the in the year after your son passed and i know the level of your grief i mean i can't pretend to to know it like personally but as an empath man i i felt it very strong so of course you were suffering but it's like he wouldn't let you alone <laughs> he just kept talking to you talking to you talking to you right Yes. And he kept saying, you have to write this book. And I was like, you're crazy. I can't write a book. I'm, I'm not, I can't, I couldn't even function at that point. I wasn't back to work yet. Um, I was still very much in that. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I could barely function. And he would come in and he'd bang the bed and he'd say, get up and write that book. And I would argue with him. I can't write this book. Um, so I think for him, he had his work cut out for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he really had to be on me. He really had to help me pick myself up when I couldn't pick myself up. And I think what's tremendous about this book is it's so raw. It has all of my emotion. When you read it, like they talk about people who cook and they cook with love, right? You feel that through their cooking. And this book, it has that in it. If you feel the rawness of my pain, I didn't hold back anything. And I wrote what he told me to write. So a lot of it is channeled. I was going to say this morning, I was uh, looking at Amazon and I was reading your reviews. I hadn't read them for a while and they're very glowing about this book. And the one that always jumps out at me is the man who did your editing. The person who did your editing. Yeah. And his experience of reading it and actually having a major spiritual event for himself because of reading that book, like all of a sudden he had a shift. So uh, that's, that's powerful. And I've talked to several people now. I've had a couple of students and I've uh, had a couple of people that have written to me that have read the book and they've had their own experiences with Anthony. Um, He's able to, through this word, through the transmission of this book, he's able to connect with you. And to just be open to that, um, Jason (laughs) would text me and he'd say, I think Anthony's here. I think he's speaking to me. And I I would chuckle because I was like, wow, you know, you're having this experience with my son. And I was like, yeah. And he would describe what he felt like and, and what he told him. And I said, yes, that's it. I knew immediately. I know when people come to me or they'll say to me like, well, was he like this? Or, and I'm like, yes, that's him. <laughs> In those days, uh, one thing that really struck me, first off, I never had the privilege of meeting Aunt Anthony in person when he was alive, but he was at our offices so frequently, even when you weren't there, he was coming by. He was there and I could feel his energy and it was astounding how powerful his energy was on the other side, so close after his passing, which just tells you where he was on his spiritual journey in human form. Yes. I think I was even surprised that that, that the magnitude of his abilities and his ability to shift so quickly. And I'm still learning. I feel like I'm still a baby in all of this. Like I'm still learning just at the two year mark. He told me originally early on that at two years, things would be totally different. And at two years, he began to shift and ascend again, even higher. Um, And for me, 
that was recently. And for the last few months, I've felt that I've sort of gone through this death again. It was very difficult. I, I relived the grief. So I don't know if it's the two year mark that I was reliving the grief or I was feeling his ascension. And then I have a lot of those humanly things like people say to me, well, you know, well, you're so lucky, you know where he is and you're, but I'm still a human mother going through the grieving loss of my child. So for me, it's about sort of trying to meld those two together. How do I come to this happy medium? I know my son is happy. I know my son is okay where he is. I know he's thriving. But as the human aspect of that, the human mother who has lost her child, that's still very, very difficult for me to comprehend. It's like he passed and just hit the ground running which makes me feel like maybe for Anthony, the reason that he came into this lifetime was to give you this opportunity to work with him, to really open people up to the concept of the afterlife and how, how we don't lose that bond with our loved ones, whether it be a child that passes, a spouse, a good friend, they're always with us. Yes. And it's not just me who's had these experiences. As I said, even the people that surround us, our family, his friends have all written to me or talked to me about they've had experiences with him. And so these aren't spiritually open people. Um, so when I hear things like these from his friends or my family and they're, they've experienced in one way or another a connection with Anthony, um, I'm, it always makes me even my heart feel bigger because it's like, you know, it is, it's not just me saying it. It's all these other people who are experiencing as well. And I think that's part of it too, is for him to show the world that, you know, through our experience that yes, it is possible. It may be difficult for you, but it is possible to connect with your loved ones. Absolutely. And that doesn't make it any easier for you as his human mother, but I'm sure that you're called upon to do that stepping out of the emotions as much as you can and just observing the situation and seeing what an incredible, like awe-inspiring opportunity is being handed to you to transform lives. Yes. And I think we've had a lot of grief and loss over these last couple of years with the pandemic. If there's ever a need for it, now is the need for it to understand. Um, there's so much more to this world that we don't see. You know, we don't give ourselves credit enough. We always discredit it. Oh, it was just my imagination. Oh, I didn't really see, feel, hear that. Um, we discredit it so much, but there's so much more that we can't see, we can't explain. And I think the period we're going into now, we talk about it a lot on our show at the office. We are going through this awakening period and people are starting to understand the world is so much bigger than we experience on our own personal level. Absolutely. It's kind of mind boggling. I, it's funny because we were just talking about it on the show, how COVID and everything around it has really created this opportunity for a lot of people to have go do some introspective work. I think all of these things go hand in hand. Anthony from the other side and his insistent messages that we need to, we need to not get bogged down in our, in our grief that we need to work on creating a new kind of relationship where you hear, you feel, and it's, it touches your soul, your heart, because that heart bond never goes away and having that come to a place where it's enough. And 
where you can continue. Like, I think everybody will be able to communicate with their loved ones if they want to, you know, I know we've talked about this, like that's really the future of where mediumship is going is people being able to talk directly. So this is kind of a forerunner, you know, I know there's other people out there. I know them, some of my clients with similar experiences with their children who've passed. And I just see it as this massive awakening just handed to the world to say, here's a different way to look at death. Yeah, it is very eye-opening. It's very heart-wrenching. This has been the hardest by far of everything that I've gone through in my life. And I've not had an easy life, but this by far has really tested my abilities to be here on this planet and to stay on this planet and do this mission. I've been asked several times by my angels, do you, you can leave, you can leave. If it's too much for you, you can leave. And I chose to stay. I did, you know, in the beginning, I probably would have left. <laughs> but I chose to stay now because I believe that the mission that I have is to help people see that, help people understand that even though you feel like there is no death, you feel like he's not here. He's more with me now than he was as a 27-year-old man in the physical. I've thought about that a lot. And, and I actually have that with some friends of mine who've passed because they moved a distance away that I couldn't see them often. And now they're coming by almost daily. So you can have more contact with a person once they pass than you did in life for sure. So I want to tell you that because we're Facebook friends and I read what I read your posts, of course, and I see comments and I see recurring comments on your posts from other grieving parents and just see the hope it's giving them and the healing that it's giving them. And it, I can feel it just pouring off their words that they write. That has to feel so good to you. It does. It really helps me because knowing that's part of it, right? Knowing he's not dead. He has his mission still to do today. Um, And part of that is connecting me with other grieving parents and then having his connection with those those children, because I believe that he's with everybody that I come across. I believe that he's with their children. Um, he's directed their children to help them, to help them find me, to help me find them. And then they can see through reading the book or through connecting with me that, yes, you know, and they've had experiences with him as well. So I'm always... Uh, <laughs> I'm just in awe about how much that we don't know yet. Well, I know you called Anthony spirit in just before we started and I still feel him here. (laughs) I still feel him. Is he talking to you right now? I hear him in the back of my head sometimes and he'll tell me what to say or what, what we should discuss. Like, it's funny because every show that I've done over the last two years has been very different. Sometimes we'll talk about soul contracts. Sometimes we'll talk about um, angels. Sometimes we'll talk about healing. Um, But his message is always, and he wants me to stress the message part of it, is that there's always hope, even when you feel there is no hope, because I felt I was very hopeless. I was on death's door, as you know. I was ready to leave. I didn't want to be here without him. And the thing you have to understand about that is every time I would say, 
I can't do this without you. I can't be here. Um, it's too much for me. I want to die. And I would, the darkness would come upon me and my son would swoop in and he would help me raise my frequency enough so that I could fight those dark thoughts that were coming over me. And I have to tell you, in every sense of the word, I could be on the floor screaming, crying, writhing. I would feel this sense of peace and love come over me and it would be okay. I get that. So even if angels. you feel hopeless, yes, even if you feel hopeless, there's hope. There really is. And, you know, I, I know we all have dark nights of the soul and that is an exceptionally dark one that you went through. Um, when I went through my last one, I really wasn't looking, I really could not see a reason to continue, but what, what saved me along with the love of my daughter. And I would never, I'm her only living parent. I would never want to leave her without a parent needlessly, but also a lot of people were talking to me and telling me how important I am to them and how it would affect them. If I just let myself die, you know, if I, if I chose to die, and it's so funny because I, I look back on that now and I'm like, I don't understand why I ever reached that point because I'm just not the person I was then. I'm not, I wouldn't let a person drive me to a point like that. But this, this is a different situation. And I think that this is one that sweeps people's feet right out from under them, upends their world. Um, I, I certainly see a lot of grieving parents in my practice as my work, as well as you do. And I always feel that pain. It's like very hard. It's the only kind of mediumship. It's hard for me to stay unemotional during it because it's so powerful. Their pain is so powerful. It breaks through. But I'm, I know that you and Anthony are working on another book together. What's the thrust of that one? Or can you talk about it? That one has evolved very quickly. It's really changed and shifted as much as this book. And he told me from the beginning, he would, he would show me a baby. And so this was his baby. Um, this second book is my baby. And it, it's partly the, the beginning of it starts with that continuation of our relationship together. And Anthony was my primary guide um, at the time. So now he stepped aside within that two years because I don't need him as much, right? Um, he stepped aside and, and my primary guide has stepped in again to help me. Um, and so some of that book talks about a lot of the goddess energy, a lot of the um, Avalon, uh, Atlantis energy that we're going through this new golden era. So those channelings in this new book their transmissions. And as you read the new book, you'll get the transmission. Um, you'll receive the energy and you'll start to have your own experiences with those energies that are coming in now. So it's profound. Um, I found it to be very, also very cathartic in writing. Um, because when you talk about Anthony in this book, and we talked about soul contracts a lot, this next book, this is all another soul contract, right? We, we've had our soul contracts that we made before we came here. And so this next book, part of that for me is part of my soul contract, my soul mission, what I'm supposed to do while I'm here. 
Absolutely. And I feel like you're, you're in so much more of a grounded space now than you were asked to write that first book. That was really, but, but I have to say like what another impressive thing is I'd come into the office and Terry Ann would be sitting in her office. I have to walk by hers to get to mine. And she'd be just very peacefully, quietly, diligently working on her book, sitting at her desk between sessions. And that was just like three months after Anthony passed. And you just kept working, kept working. And you felt, you felt very grounded. I mean, I could tell when you would go off kilter some, I could always feel it when you were shifting into deep grief again. And I, I think you said that being at the office, like the energy there helped you calm down and focus more. And I, I understand that because we work on that so hard, but anything else that you think helped you like focus on this task during your time of deepest grief? What was it? Yeah, it was, you know, I did a lot of self-healing on myself. I really had to, to go back to that practice that I originally learned, which was trying to lift that heaviness from my chest. It was like I had 200 pound lungs in my body I talk about because I felt like somebody was sitting on my chest and I couldn't always remove that myself but, you know some of it was Anthony coming in but some of it I went to healers um so I think me being able to recognize what that was writing was very cathartic for me I found it to be very cathartic in releasing a lot of that pain and heaviness because I was feeling that And every time I would say, I can't believe that you're dead, he would yell at me, I'm not dead. (laughs) Um, And we still have the the little argument that goes on between us about that. But um, that heaviness, um, once you realize what that is, you know what grief is, and you know you go through these different stages, and it's different for everybody. But the physical aspects of that grief, to feel that so deeply in your body, people don't always understand that. They talk about the emotional aspects, like I, you know, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. But what about the physical aspects of that? My whole system shut down. I mean, I have to tell you, I'm probably 50 pounds heavier today than I was when he passed. And 40 of that, I probably gained in that first year because I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping. And I was barely functioning. So your whole nervous system shuts down. For me to be able to get into this space and write with him, it took a lot of that healer part of me that I know. Um, So I'd like to tell all of my friends, my clients, that if you are really struggling, energy healing could help sort of lift that heaviness out of your physical body. And then you're able to feel and think a little more clearly, be a little bit more focused in your thinking. Do you feel like Anthony's passing and the experience of writing this book, has it been part of why you made that recent decision to really focus completely on healing? Yes, definitely. Um, As I said, what's interesting for me is Being now the mother of a child who passed and knowing what I know now, um, I know there's levels to the spirit world and Anthony ascended. As Anthony was ascending, I was shifting and ascending. So I was going through my own death and rebirth of myself. 
and to bring me to this point today where I decided, no, I'm not going to do mediumship anymore. No, I'm not going to do psychic readings. I'm going to focus only on my healing modalities. And once I made that decision, boom, I got downloaded with this new healing modality that I'm downloading now. And it's profound and it works a lot with the physical it works a lot with the mental the emotional and that spiritual part of you so these things for me it's like I don't know how to describe it it's like Anthony shifts I shift it's the two of us together even though we're very separate it's the two of us also together he does his work I do my work he pulls me a little bit up I pull him a little bit down um so for us and this, again, is our story, our experiencing, our experiences, um, our contracts. There's so many variables that go into it. But this really took me to that point is stepping into that realm where I am this master healer now. I saw that coming for you shortly after you joined us. Like I always thought you were headed towards a place of primarily just focusing on your healing because your your energy healer energy that you carry is so strong. And also it's, it's a big hint that you have so many healing modalities that you've studied and that you offer. It's always leaned very heavily that way. So now you're healing people through your books, through your, your, anything you write about this experience with Anthony's passing and your communications from the other side, healing is done on so many different ways. So I think that this is really profound. I won't be surprised if you're deluged with other grieving parents wanting to come to you, not only for healing, but to also get what you got of coming to a place as quickly as possible of some balance and relative peace with the new way your relationship is. I think so. And, you know, so many grieving parents that I met, they look for mediums to sort of bridge that connection. Right. But then part of them are like, well, I really don't believe it. I really don't understand it. Or, you know, and so they still have some doubt. But when you experience on your own. This is what I've experienced with my child and they all have experienced. I have to say. Nine out of 10 of my clients have some sort of intuitive ability. They've experienced something at one time or another, whether it's with a lost loved one or an angel, um, but they've pushed it away and said, no, that can't be right. It can't be true. It's just my mind playing tricks on me. You know, when you look at that, it's like nine out of 10. Those numbers are staggering. So it's like you have the ability. I think where we're going is people are looking for that connection on their own. And I think that's where we'll step into that, where we move from that mediumship, actually doing mediumship to actually teaching mediumship. I'm already doing that. Like that's what I do in every session. And I do it by telling them how, which method spirit feels is going to be the most successful for them in connecting one-on-one with their deceased loved one. And I really think that's so much more valuable because why would deceased spirit want to talk to a medium that they don't know? They'd rather talk to their loved ones. They, we're just this conduit that they're using until their loved one can do it on their own. But uh, I think Anthony was meant for something more. I think that he came into this life knowing, at least on a soul level, that he wasn't going to be have a long life, but that he was here to really expand minds and hearts 
And who knew it would happen? I think he did it totally in his life because look, look at what people say about him who knew him. It, the oh, outpouring totally. of love. Yeah, totally did it in his life. Um, from when he was a child, and I had so many people reach out to me after he passed from high school, from college, um, that story upon story about how he helped them in some way or another. Um, whether it was just a smile or, you know, he saved somebody's life and almost bled to death. The mother came up to me and she, and when he told me this story, I was, he, he was a storyteller, right? So he, he was very expressive. And he told me this story, how he saved this, his friend's life. And I was like, no, you're, you're crazy. Like, what? <laughs> and this mom came up to me at his funeral and she told me how he saved his son her son's life and I was like wow like that's so him and he would have given you the shirt off his back he was just you know everybody knew him everybody loved him he was a character he knew how to have fun I try you know as much as I struggle with his loss I I try to live my life now being like Anthony I tried to reach out to people maybe that I wouldn't normally reach out to, or I try to help somebody that maybe when in the back of your mind, you're like, you don't want to help them. They're not the type of person you want to help, but right. Anthony would help anybody. So I'm always like, I'm going to help that person in any way that I can. And whether that's a, a smile or you're doing a good job, whatever it is, um, I try to live my life now more like Anthony. Whenever he, he's around and I feel his energy, what I get from him is uh, he's chill, laid back, go with the flow. Uh, I can feel his sense of humor. And also I can feel like his heart, the, the huge heart he had. And by the way, for those of you who might be listening, who knew Anthony, you probably knew him as the nickname Butters, <laughs> which I just love. <laughs> So and that butters. stuck with him. So he was probably, at, I would say, in middle school. And some of his friends had reached out to me like, do you know even teachers let him, they would call him Butters, like they wouldn't call anybody else by their nickname, but they would call him Butters. Um, <laughs> and so he's had that name forever. Even in college, he kept that name. And he just has that, but he was nothing like Butters. So Butters is a character on South Park. <laughs> <laughs> and Butters was very naive, but Butters had very strict parents. So that's where he got the nickname from because he had strict parents growing up. And um, it just stuck with him. He's really funny, but he's very much to the point. Like if, if he wants me to know, like, you need to do this. Like when we sold everything and we sold our business and we went on the road, he's like, we're taking a show on the road. And I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> um but you just got like, back from that road show. <laughs> yes. And so he was like, just ask Tim. And I was like, Tim, my husband will never go for it. He'll never do that. He's too. Tim is very much, you know, uh, analytical. Uh, so I said, okay, I'll ask him. So I asked him and he's like, all right, let's do it. And I was like, holy cow, like, what are you serious? So we sold everything we own and we went on the road for six months. We just came back from our trip and I have to tell you this story. I, I know you know it, but your viewers might not know it. We had, we sold, so we sold everything. We bought our RV. We had no money to our name and we went on the road. 
he, my husband started this RV transporting job and the first place that he was dispatched to was Anthony, Texas. <laughs> and we had no money. It was do or die. We were going to either go home after this trip or we were going to go on the road for six months. So he got dispatched to Anthony, Texas. And I looked it up. There's about 10 cities in the U.S. named Anthony. So there's no coincidences. He took him to Anthony, Texas, for him to understand that there is a bigger, you know, picture going on behind the scenes that you may not see, but you've got to trust what I'm telling you. And so we spent six months on the road. We had everything that we were needed and we were provided for. Never a care in the world after that one moment of it's do or die. <laughs> and you, you got to meet a lot of your your people who are fans of your book, who are Facebook friends, who are following you because of this relationship you have with Anthony. Because I kept seeing people going, hey, I'm coming to your area. Anybody want to get together? Oh my gosh, I'd love to have lunch with you. Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah. And so many people, we made many connections that were new connections, many older connections. He had told me earlier on, I was going to meet a woman. Um, and he didn't tell me where, but I was going to meet a woman and she had this streak of gray in her hair. And I, I, so I kept seeing this woman in my dreams and, uh, I didn't put any parameters around it. It wasn't like I have to see this woman and meet her. We get to Virginia and we stayed longer than we thought we were going to stay. We weren't supposed to stay that long. And I kept being guided by my angels to stay longer in Virginia. So I was like, okay. And this is what drove my husband crazy. Cause I was like, we're going to be here for two days. And we stayed six weeks. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so across from us and my tag on my car, it says Reiki mom. So across from us, this couple pulls in with their young child and everything happened for her not to be there. Her daughter got hurt. Her and her husband were fighting. They weren't going to come. They pull in across from us. She sees my license plate, starts talking to my husband. And she's like, I've got to meet your wife. And uh, so he's like, all right, she's out. When she comes back, I'll let her know. You know, So I come home. I start meeting her. And immediately we have this connection. And she looks familiar to me. And I'm like, hmm. But she doesn't have this gray hair. So after a couple of days, we got to know her and we were talking and her name's Keegan, if she's listening. Um, And we got to talking and I said to her, you know, I've seen this woman I'm supposed to meet and she has gray hair, but you don't have gray hair. So I'm kind of confused. So she pulls out a picture and the week before she dyed her hair, she had this big gray streak in her hair and she dyed her hair black. Yes. again that's powerful yeah spirit just it's mind-blowing and so I think when you look at things like that you're really it is surreal because it's like there's so much that had to have happened for all those things to happen for that moment that one moment in time to occur all these things have had to happen for us to come to that moment and he knew that so I always tell my husband he knows if he asks us to do something like write a book, which is crazy, <laughs> I'm going to write a book. 
I'm like that with my angels. I mean, here I am. It was eight and a half years ago that they were like, you need to write a book. You need to host a show. I'm like, oh my God, I was just trying to survive at that point. But <laughs> now the book's, the book's coming out and I, this is actually the second angel show that I've done. So they should be happy now, chilling out a little bit. No, you know what? They're actually pushing me about a second book. So I'm just not quite ready to go there yet. So Terry Ann, I know that your book is available on Amazon and it's so easy for people to find. Why don't you show the cover of that book once more so they can remember what it looks like from death to life, the incredible true story of Anthony Joseph. You can, if you just look, I've checked. And if you just look up Terry Ann Russell, boom, her book comes up first. And right under that is the Sedona Soul Sisters podcast. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's so funny. I saw that. I'm like, I didn't even know that was on there. And I want to give you an opportunity. I know how, but again, my listeners probably don't. If somebody wants to reach you, whether it's about the book or a healing session or anything else, what's the best way to reach you? You can reach me at www.sedonasoulsisters.com under Terry Ann, or I also have my website, which is www.sassysoulhealing. Um, and you can reach me there and I'm always available. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm Again, you search Terry Ann Russell, and this is what cracks me up because <laughs> Terry Ann Russell, right? Who would have thought? So Terry Ann Russell, and, and I'll pop up somewhere that you can find me. I'm sure. I just, those two I mentioned were just when you search Amazon, because I wanted to make sure I could find it that way pretty easily too. And it did just pop right up. It's a great book. It's an easy read. Other people, you're going to see their comments where they said they couldn't put it down I think I read half the book the first night I had it and it was done, done pretty quickly. Uh, I'm so glad that you could be on the show today. I'm always thrilled to help you promote your book and your message and your work. You're a powerful healer and a wonderful light worker. And thank you so much for being on the show today, Terry Ann. I appreciate you so much. And anytime I have an opportunity to talk about Anthony and share, um, his work. I'm so happy and so honored to do it. Um, but I appreciate you too. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for Cynthia joining us today. It's always so lovely to see you for those of you who are watching and listening later. Thank you so much. I appreciate, I appreciate you following the show and tune in next week. I have another interesting show for you. I'm not going to tease it. You're going to have to go to my Facebook page, Ivory Angelic Facebook page to see what's coming up with that. It's quite interesting. <laughs> In the meantime, have a beautiful week.